Let us remember, we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Welcome to the Presence Podcast. I'm Rick, and this is episode number 81. Here's a question for you. What number day is this of 2018? Your answer? Well, it's day number 81. Yes, the same number as this episode. I began the year with a vision of creating something public to share every day. Well, welcome to it. I've made the time in my full life each day to sit and reflect on where, when, and how I most experience the presence of God that day. Some days, like the last four, have been so full that I've not sat down to write the pod first, like I'm doing now, but just recorded them extemporaneously. Can you hear the difference? Is one way better than the other? Let me know what you think. Tweet at me, at Hartley, H-A-R-T-L-E-Y, R-K, R-E-L-I-G. I'm working on a Facebook page to accompany this pod, so listen for news about that soon as well. So grab your New Testament and that Sister Jean of Chicago Loyola University fame, her collector's bobblehead, and join me on our 16-year-old couch for a recap of today's highlights. I thought I had my God's Presence moment, or GPM, early today. We had a late school start because we faculty had an early morning in-service. Five minutes before school started, all the power went off in the school building. Fortunately, it was a very clear morning. My classroom windows face east, and the sun was more than an hour higher than the usual start time of first period. I used my LCD projector for our opening prayer every day. Since this was obviously out of commission, I had to pray and punt for class. After our opening time of mindful meditation, the Tibetan singing bowl chime that I used to call us to meditation doesn't require electricity, after all, we read this week's gospel from John in the manner of Lectio Divina. If you're not familiar with this ancient yet presently revitalized way of praying with scripture, basically it involves a passage read aloud multiple times within a community of listeners. Those gathered are invited to share without comment or discussion what they hear in each reading. One time a word that stands out, another time a call to action from God, and so forth. I introduced the process to my first period freshmen, who are my most diverse of my four ninth grade sections of religion, and off we went. I was struck by the depth of their comments, the light streaming in during the power outage, and how well the class was going in the midst of an unexpected obstacle. I felt that, wow, my GPM was here, and I believed that I had my focus for this day's podcast. But later in the evening, as I sat on my well-worn couch, by the way, I know how old it is because I have photos of me sleeping on it with my infant son. He'll be 17 years old this summer. And there I sat watching TV. I had two related GPMs, which combined give us the title for this episode. First was the tail end of the University Loyola Chicago versus Nevada Sweet 16 March Madness game. The last five minutes were intense as the Ramblers of Loyola and the, I don't know, one-armed bandits of Nevada battled for the right to make it to the Elite Eight. In the end, the underdog Ramblers won and will play on Saturday night in with the game to potentially go to the final four. Although I have no connection to this Loyola school, they remind me of my undergraduate school, a Catholic Jesuit one also, University of San Francisco, who long ago in the 1950s had a little basketball team that could, 
as they won two national championships. And the best part of Loyola is their number one and perhaps oldest fan, Sister Jean, who is 98 years old. The New York Times had a great article on her last Thursday or Friday. Look it up as it's a heartwarming tale. And they also show her bobblehead, which I referenced a moment ago. It warmed my heart tonight as the victorious players lined up to bend way down to hug her in her electric scooter. A touching moment of tenderness and joy amidst the March madness. After that game, I remained on the couch and began watching a documentary on the Gospel of Mark. I just bought the DVD for five bucks as my sophomores and I are reading, studying, and discussing the Gospel of Mark. It's a simple video. A scholar who is also a songwriter goes to places important to the Gospel. First, Rome, where it was written to console and edify the first Christians in the midst of persecutions and suffering, and then on to the places in the Holy Land where Jesus himself walked. It was engaging, and I learned more than I expected, in part because the host makes connections within the story of the gospel I'd not noticed. I felt, I felt thrilled to be learning something which helps my faith deepen, and which I will soon share with my students. And I felt God in the learning and in the story of Christ Jesus told across the ages in Mark's gospel. And there was a connection, too, between the madness of Loyola's winning and the victory over death and suffering experienced by Mark's earliest church. If it wasn't for the latter, the former, the Christian university, would not exist. And the many other schools, hospitals, social service groups, and many more agents for good in the world, which are Christian, also wouldn't exist. Thank God for Mark and how his gospel brought Christ to those persecuted for their faith. And thank God for how the church, like Christ, is human and divine, and who, whom, flaws and all, has been a vehicle for God's redemptive grace across time and space. How both of these give us the joy seen tonight in the faces of Sister Jean and the Loyola players in their victory hugs. How do you experience God's presence in the organizations, schools, churches, hospitals, and more who are chartered by the Church Universal? Thanks for listening. Blessings and peace.